0: Wow. So good. Well, good afternoon, everybody. What a great legacy that is. You know, I just love that video. But you know, the Holy Spirit's just been reminding me that this, while it's a great legacy, it's His legacy. It's His inheritance, and it's His reward. And, uh, and he's, he's a long-range, multi-generational thinker and planner. And uh, it is my joy today to just kind of step back into this legacy series to draw it to a close. And, um, and my title of my message today is Living Beyond Ourselves. You know, that's what God's called us to, that's who He's made us to be. And so I'm going to start right at the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, it should be easy to find, it's really the first page almost of your Bible. And I'm going to just read a couple of verses in Genesis 1:26 to 28, and then we're going to sort of scroll forward a little bit and, and have a look. But this, it's really important to start at the beginning and to understand God's intention for us. And so I'm going to start in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man, this actually means humankind, mankind, not just maleness, but human, male and female, let us make mankind in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves upon the earth." So God created humankind, humanity, in His image. He, when He created Adam and Eve, He created each, Adam and Eve in, to, to, to carry His image, to bear His image, to be His imagers on, on, on this earth. And, and the first thing that God did when recorded here is God blessed. Adam and Eve. He blessed all of humanity. He blessed mankind, and he, he he spoke a blessing over them as his sons and daughters. But that blessing, then, with that blessing, then came a commissioning, and that commissioning was destiny and inheritance that God spoke over them and over their lives. And it was this blessing: be fruitful. This commission: be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Let's just break that down for a minute. Be fruitful means about growth means about growth out of a place of intimacy together. Multiply, which is about replication. It's about the image of God being multiplied and replicated over the earth. Uh, Fill the earth, which is about expansion. It's about God's desire, not just for a small patch of land, not just for a small group of people, but for the whole earth. To fill the earth with God's images and then to subdue it is to rule over it. Now, we haven't got time to look at it, but if you scroll forward one chapter to Genesis chapter 2, you'll see there that God took um, Adam, and he made a garden for Adam, which we call Eden, which we understand to be Eden. It was a garden that God planted, and he put Adam into that garden to tend and to look after that garden, and that's where Eve also came into that garden. And so this call, God's desire, was that, he, that Adam and Eve together in their union and in their relationship with him, in their relationship with God, and their relationship with each other, would be fruitful, and they would multiply God's image they would expand across the whole earth, and they would take all of that—that that what was Eden, a, a garden that God planted—and create the whole earth as Eden. That's part of the subduing or the ruling over that, that He talks about there. That was the blessing that they would—that uh, that, the that the earth would be filled with God's images, and the earth would be filled with God's order. And that was His desire, you know. And right there in that moment, God's. What God has intended was to bless each one of us through family. His intention that was through family, all the earth, all the peoples would carry a generational inheritance that would get passed on from one generation to another. Think about this. If there hadn't been death, Adam would still be alive. And there would be many, 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 many generations of which we would be able to go and talk to Adam uh, because he would still be alive. And God's plan was his blessing as in, his com- in commissioning and blessing Adam and Eve as a family was that, that family would be the place to be the main conduit of God's blessing. God's intention was one generation would bless the next generation, which would bless the next generation, which would bless the next generation. And that family would be a place for God to impart love, to impart security, to impart identity, to impart destiny, and to impart his joy through parents and siblings and great-grandparents and you know, as it goes out. Family in God's intention was to be a place through which good things flow down. An inheritance that's passed from one generation to another. A blessing, things like good values, things like wisdom, things like healthy physical stature, things like stability, financial prosperity, relational blessings, um, uh, identity, a deep sense of purpose, a deep sense of destiny and calling, a deep sense of belonging, a deep sense of this is what we're all about. Yeah, glory. Glory. And that was, his, perfect, it was his, his purpose for us. And the reality is, though, for those of you that know the story, that Adam and Eve, they chose to do things on their own. They chose to not be in a relationship with God. They chose to listen to the lies of the enemy. And they chose to decide that what God was saying wasn't truthful. And so they therefore decided, took it upon themselves to, in their own wisdom, to do what they thought was right. And in that moment of disobeying God, what happened was a fracture of relationships. Because the reality of sin isn't just that we've transgressed a law, but actually the reality of sin is that we have broken a relationship with God. And that we were created for relationship with God, and when we decided we didn't, and when Adam and Eve, and therefore all of us, decided that we didn't want anything to do with God, that life-giving source of relationship was cut off, and we were left on our own. And the consequence of that is that not only do we lose that relationship with God and therefore access to life, but we actually lost relationship with each other. And so, therefore, we started to hide and be, you know, in competition and all of those things. And the reality for all of us is that we, we've all experienced that in our families. Our, ha- our families haven't always been absolutely everything that God has intended for us. Even if you've grown up in a good family, there's still issues that you've had to experience of the, the failings of your parents, the, you know, your... your um, You know, your your relationships with your siblings, the, the world around us that is, you know, the sinful nature on the inside of us that's caused us to not live up to our expectations, not live up to life, and actually has been fracture and brokenness in our history. But God's purpose has always been for family. And so all the way through this, the Old Testament, you see this theme of legacy that comes. And so Adam and Eve, they had kids, they had kids, and they had kids. And uh, But as the, as the family grew, because of the indwelling sin and the you know, rejection of the relationship with God, the, the, the Bible says that the family became super wicked and actually... God, to the point where they were, God just was regretting that he made them. And so he chooses a family, Noah and his wife and the three kids and their wives, and, you know, to, to go into an ark. And God's basically starting again with a new, you know, taking Noah and starting again. That doesn't really work because of the sinfulness of sin. Now, God understands that, but he's teaching us and leading us into this. Okay, so what God does is he then takes one man at Abraham or Abraham at the time, and he chooses him out of modern-day Iraq, and he sends him to now modern-day Israel, and, and he says, I'm going to bless you, and through you all the nations of the world will be blessed, which is what Duncan shared two weeks ago, which if you haven't listened to, I really want to recommend listening to. So he's saying, I'm choosing one family on earth that's going to become a family, the Jewish people, that is actually going to be a nation of people that blesses all of the earth. The problem is that because of the indwelling sin, the Jewish people didn't live up to God's expectation. But he he made a promise to a king, King David, and he said, David, you're a man after my own heart and and you will always have somebody out of your family that's going to sit on my throne. And what he's referencing and referring to is ultimately Jesus who comes from the line and lineage of David, and he is the king that sits on the throne. And so God sends his son who is born of a woman. The son of God becomes a son of man. And he's born of a woman, experiences our life, experiences uh, a perfect relationship with the Father, that, that uh, lives the life that we should have lived but we couldn't live because of the sin on the inside. Jesus lives it for us. And, um, and in that process, he then takes... Himself, He allows Himself to, under the guidance and the plan of the Father, He goes to the cross and He surrenders Himself to the Father and He allows Himself to be beaten and bruised and mocked and shamed and then ultimately crucified by humanity, by all of us, even though we weren't there, we would have been there because in our hearts, if we had been there, we would have been shouting, crucify Him, because in each one of our hearts is anger and bitterness and hatred towards God until He rescues us. And so Jesus comes to redeem the blessing of the family because Jesus comes in the moment that Adam and Eve fell short, they they fell short of the image of God. Now Jesus comes as the perfect representation of God, as the the, the second Adam, as the one who is actually fulfilling the, the perfect image of God. Jesus is the language of God. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And he, in his mission on the cross, he comes and he gives his life willingly, and the the gospel is this, that when Jesus died, each one of us were included in him, and we died. And when Jesus, and in that moment of death, Jesus took all of the wrath of God, all the things that really was de- we deserved because of all of our hatred and, re- and you know, pushing away from God, he took it all upon himself so that we could have a relationship with the Father, that every separation and every barrier could be moved out of the way, and that we could come back into that relationship with the Father when we trust in Jesus. Because when we trust in Jesus, his, what, what happens is we, we are included in Christ's death, and then, but we're also included in Christ's resurrection. And so when we say yes to Jesus, the, the Bible says that we're born again, we're born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the nature of God comes into our hearts, into our lives, and we become new creations. We're no longer in Adam because Jesus is no longer in Adam. We're in a new realm and a new race of people which is patterned after Jesus himself as the image of God, we now being reestablished in the image of God, carrying the image of God with the imager, as the imagers of him, right? Seated with Christ in the heavenly places, full of his wisdom, full of his righteousness, full of his power. And God came to reestablish that blessing, to create a new humanity, to create a new family that no longer has the power of sin just dwelling on the inside, causing us to always fall short, but now giving us the power of the Spirit and a new nature so that we can live perfect, righteous, holy lives towards God. Not that we don't sin, we do sin, but that God has given us the power of the Spirit to enable us to walk in greater realms of freedom and joy. And so here's the thing, when we read in Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20, Jesus says to the disciples after he's been on the cross and he's, he's, um, you know, he's resurrected and he's about to be, uh, go up into heaven and to be glorified and seated at the right hand of the Father, he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Right? It's a, a recommissioning of that blessing from Abra- of, of Adam, a recommissioning of saying, okay, I want you to go into all the earth to be fruitful. But but, but you can't bear fruit on your own. Bear fruit by the power of the Spirit on the inside of us. I want you to multiply by the power of the Spirit. I want you to help people get to see being born again. I want you to make disciples. I want you to make disciples that make disciples because I've got a long-range, multi-generational plan. He's saying, I want you to fill the earth because the kingdom of God is ever-expanding. And God's desire is that all nations would come to know him. All nations would come into his glory and into his family, that we would go into all the earth and make disciples of all ethnos, which is the word for nations, which is just people groups. So we're to be fruitful by the spirit, we're to multiply by the spirit, we're to fill the earth by the spirit in the kingdom of God, and then we're to subdue it. But that subduing isn't to say we're dominating and controlling everything. We're actually serving, exercising the authority that God has given us for the benefit of mankind so that through obedience to Jesus, through yielding our lives, as Aaron preached last week in Surrender, that we're actually filling the earth with God's images. People like Jesus because they've been born again and they're coming into it and we're exercising that authority that Jesus has given us over the dominion and over the power of darkness. It's a glorious gospel. It's the glorious truth. It's that legacy. That legacy that God had in in Adam and then in Noah and then in Abraham and then in David finally fulfilled in Jesus and now being fulfilled in you and I. And so we're seated, the Bible says, when we're saved, when we know Jesus, it says that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We've been raised up with him when he went up into heaven and sat down at the Father's right hand. We were included in that. And in, in Ephesians, that's in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says, uh, Paul's praying, and it, and it says this. One of the things that he's praying for is that we as a people would know the inheritance that the Father has in us, his saints, his righteous ones. And so in other words, what, God's, what Paul's praying is, God has an inheritance in you and in me. He has an inheritance. He's got something that he's purchased. It's an inheritance that he has in you that he wants to receive. And our life is really one about giving God his inheritance. That which he paid for in you and I. Our legacy, the legacy of this church isn't the legacy of this church, it's God's legacy. The legacy of your life isn't the legacy of your good deeds, it's God's legacy because the reality is this. Every good thing about you and I comes from him. Every bad thing about you and I comes from our sinful nature. Every good relationship, every good work, everything that is good about us come down, the Bible says, from the Father of lights. Every fractured relationship, every bit of anger and hatred and violence, and all the things that separate us and make us feel bad about ourselves, all those things come from not God. They come from our sinful nature. They come from the enemy. And so everything that we have, is God's. Everything that's good about us is, is God's. And so this is God's purpose. God's purpose is that we, first of all, we would know him. Because the only way to come into that place of, of, of belonging is actually through relationship with Jesus Christ only way to come into the legacy, into the inheritance, is to have that relationship with Jesus. And God's desire and the, what he's done for each one of us is to clear the way of all of our brokenness and all of our sin to enable us to step into the realm of the Father. And even though we, uh, we don't always get it right, because we said yes to Jesus, we have a fundamentally new nature. But then secondly, because we live in this place of... Um, the reality that while we are in Christ and we are holy and blameless and above reproach, the Bible says, in his sight, we still have a struggle with our sinful nature, right? We still lie and we still get angry and we still fall short and we still let our children down and we still do all these things that we don't want to do. And so what God wants to do for us in his legacy and family is actually to help us to find freedom. It's to get free from the pain of the past, to get free from sin, to get free from the, 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 the lies of the enemy so that we can actually step up into and live in the reality of who he's already made us to be. And so we want you to have freedom. That's why we put a value and a priority on ministries like Restoring the Foundations and our Freedom Nights once a month so that we all together can walk out of those things that have been holding us back and we're out of darkness and we can walk into the reality of the light of God and into his joy and into his presence. So we want, to know, we want God's purpose is that we would know him, that we would find our freedom in him. The third thing is God's purpose is that we would step into the purpose that he has given us. I love, I've said this so many times, I'm sure, from this platform, but I love um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says this. In the Good News translation, it says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has prepared good works for us to do, which he has given us in advance. has created us for good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. In other words... God has a purpose for yours and my life, and his desire is that we would learn that purpose, we would step into Christ, and in that place in Christ Jesus, we would step into the fullness of his purpose and find meaning and find destiny and find a sense of, of, of great joy because we're working with God in his purpose. And so we, each one of us, God wants us to find that which God, that purpose, that for which Christ has made us his own. The fourth thing is that by what God's purpose is, is that by the power of the Spirit, now that we're filled with the Spirit, God's purpose is that we make a difference in the world and that we are fruitful and multiply and that we see people get saved and come into the kingdom and multiply the images of God, just like Duncan preached a couple of weeks ago. And here's the thing, all of that is God's legacy. It's his purpose. It's not for our fame. It's not for our benefit. It's for his glory. And so that we give him the inheritance that he deserves. The inheritance that he paid for. That great cry of the Moravian missionaries in the 1700s was like, may the lamb receive the reward of his sufferings. God has an inheritance in you and I. And he's called us to legacy. And that legacy is a legacy of love because God is love. That legacy is love for God and love for each other and love for the world and and as Aaron so brilliantly preached last week that that love requires surrender. It requires us saying yes to God. It requires us to be obedient to Him, to Jesus and do what Jesus says and asks us to do. His desire is that you and I I mean it's the glorious thing is that he has a plan, but his love is so great and so wonderful that he includes us in that plan and gives us a little bit of glory to go with it. It's Part of his love is to give purpose. And so we're to have a legacy of love. I want you just to turn, I've, I've referenced a few scriptures just individually, but let's just have a look at Romans chapter 12. And this for me is the kind of legacy that I want It's the legacy that I want for this church. It's a legacy I want for all 'all. y'all. It's a legacy that I know that God is looking for. I know, do you like my little North Carolinian? all y'all? Yeah, thanks. A few little chuckles like that That doesn't sound right coming from you. Anyway, there we go. Romans 12, I'm going to read verse 9 to verse 21. Let love be genuine. Not full of hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let's just pause for a minute. If we as a a community need to know anything at this point in our our divided, fractious uh, society where we are divided by politics and divided by race and divided by socioeconomic things, divided by our own opinions, it's this. Outdo one another in showing honor because we all belong to each other, because Jesus has made us one family together of every nation across the earth. It's not just this church that is God's family. It's everybody that believes in God. It's his family across the earth, and heaven is going to be one massive, multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multi-racial party that is going to go on for all of eternity. We better get used to each other now, huh? Might be easier there, because none of us will have any sins, so that will be good. You won't have to put up with my sin. I'll be easier for you to relate to me because I won't have any sin. Okay, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit or be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Or give yourself to humble tasks. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. It is possible, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it or give place to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Quoting Deuteronomy 32, 35. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Quoting Proverbs 25, 21 to 22. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's a great legacy. Wouldn't it be good to say they were really genuine in their love? They did practice honor so well. You know, I. God, the reality is for each one of us that because we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places and we're living at the right hand of the Father and we carry his authority, each one of us, whether it's in the family, the church, the, uh, the workplace, our city, our nation, or our nations, each one of us has a legacy in Christ Jesus that he is bringing forth for us. And so I, I was just inspired last week with Aaron just giving a few uh, people just to kind of celebrate some stories. And I want to do the same Today, first people I want to to command is you mums and dads. Those of you mums and dads who are seated with Christ at home looking after your children through the mundane day to day, but you're still doing it from a place of living with Christ and you're bringing up your children in the love and the fear of the Lord. Those of you that are at work, either as an employer or as an employee, and you're showing up because you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, you're showing up to work and doing your work to the best of your ability to, uh, you know, with the fear of the Lord, bringing the love and the power and the honor and, and the creativity of heaven to bear on your job, on your interview, on your project that you're doing. Those of you in this community that are Connect Group leaders, which is our midweek groups that gather, you know, I want to honor you, the legacy that God is giving through you of where you've given yourself faithfully every week, you're giving yourself away for the benefit of others to provide a place of community, of care, of love, of growth, of vision, of correction, of, 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 of incredible destiny. Those of you that are leading teams that make this, you know, this community happen, whether it's the welcome team or the cafe team or the kids ministry team or, or the cameras or the, the youth or the young adults or, or the prayer ministry or any other ministry that I've forgotten. But you're faithfully serving, you're faithfully giving yourself away, you're creating a legacy and I honor that legacy. The worship team particularly, you know, these guys who, leaders and musicians who faithfully practice their instruments, who hone their craft, who invest up to, you know, some thousands of dollars into their, into their gear so that they can, but not just that, but actually they steward their own hearts and steward their relationships so that we live in unity and, and we worship out of a place of unity to preserve that bond of the spirit. And they seek the Lord each week to give us songs that they're going to sing. I honor you guys and the legacy. For those of you with the gift of generosity, you know, you as a church family, is such a generous church family where you've faithfully tithed and faithfully sowed and faithfully provided for the needs of people in this church family and, and other, other um, you know, and this, the ministries and your giving has made a difference. You're leaving a legacy. But you know, those are some good things, but I want to get a little more specific. So I want to invite my friends Danny and Kerry Breed to come up. Danny and Kerry have got... Uh, just to share a testimony about what God's doing with them uh, through their ministry, through what God's doing in their family. And I just think it's too good for you for not to not to share. So Kerry,
1: Danny, go for it. Awesome.
2: Thanks, Murray. Um, so my name's Kerry.
1: Howdy, I'm Danny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're from Texas, so we say, hey, y'all, really good. You gave it a good A for effort, we were saying. "Yeah." <laughs> and um, we have started a school called Oak City Academy in the Triangle, and we're a Christian Montessori school. And um, we wanted to share a little bit about our story and our understanding of how we've interpreted destiny and what that's looked like in our life. Because we didn't wake up and we didn't get married our first year of marriage and be like, we're going to go and start a school today, you know. Um, and our story actually dates back to uh, – the first year we were married, we've been married 18 years. And, um, We uh, were in seminary class and our ethics of marriage and family professor said I want all of you to go home and to write a family mission statement and so I want to admonish each of you to write a personal mission statement or a family mission statement here today because it has made our yes so easy and our no so easy. We printed it out, we framed it, we put it on the wall and when opportunities would come it was easy to know if that was part of our mission or not and so what I wanted to do is I want to share with you our family mission statement today. I haven't said it in a couple years so I'm going to give this my best shot, but I want to share it with you and then share with you how that has been part of our legacy. So uh, the Breed family mission statement, it goes like this, we believe that our marriage is given to us by God to reflect Christ in the church, resulting in others seeing and responding to him more fully, to grow in being disciples of Christ, resulting in discipleship permeating our family and the relationships we cultivate and to build a family that uses the teaching of God's word in our home as a means of challenging and encouraging the saints, resulting in raised up worshipers of Christ, thus in every aspect affecting the nations for the glory of God. And so that was our, (laughs) yes, go write one too today, that's your assignment. so we did that and it was super simple right we didn't wake up and say we're going to start a school that started with 13 and now has 200 and we see kids are getting saved and changed for Jesus we woke up and we said I said Danny I'm going to be faithful to you as a wife and even as imperfectly as I do that you have my yes over and over and over again in my faithfulness to you and we built that well and then we moved into discipleship and wanting to grow and get heart healing and um, I promise you we've signed up for every possible Possible class we could take here <laughs> to get personal healing and we are still doing it.
1: Right. So things like you know, HeartSync and RTF and Thrive and then brought in life languages and et cetera. The last part of our mission statement is the use the teaching of God's word in our home. And that's where I came up from a broken home. And so I was really looking to the father to know what does it mean to father my kids.
2: And he's an amazing dad. And he's a phenomenal husband. And I love mothering with everything in me. I love being a mom. And I have sold out wholeheartedly to being a mom. And so at that point, we were just doing those things well. And we said, well, you know what? Let's, we carry this mantle of belonging. Let's invite more people into our family. Like Marie was saying, it starts with family. And so, um, you know, we thought to ourselves, why do we have to wait until we're 20 or 30 or 40 to take RTF and to learn what ungodly beliefs are and to uh, understand the shame, fear, control cycle and get out of that and hear what God, what his truths are to us. And so we said, let's do that. And we've we've built a curriculum in our school where preschoolers all the way up through high school um, can experience these kinds of things now. Yeah. And so yeah. Why
1: don't you share the story with uh, Sabrina?
2: Oh, yeah, so um, our primary teacher, um, she, I found this out last week, she plays worship music in the mornings and invites each of the children to spread out across the room and listen to worship. And she'll say, let's think about something we're grateful for today together. And then she'll say, let's listen to God's voice and ask him, God, what do you love about me today? And so as three, four, and five-year-olds are learning how to hear God's voice. They're learning how to be worshipers. And she says she turns off the music, and guess what? The kids keep worshiping. (laughs) <laughs> and then our elementary students, they, uh, every time they have a birthday, they are in a circle and they have an honor circle and every single peer in their class instead of bullying them says I honor you because, and they get words of life on their birthday. And then we go into upper elementary and we've implemented this year a curriculum called uh, generous giving and they learn how to be generous with their words, what it means to be generous with your thoughts, with your time and belongings and money. And then they go into middle school and the curriculum continues and the entire middle school curriculum is rotated around this idea of identity and community and even the literature books we choose have to do with those pieces. And then we get into high school. We started our high school this year. And um, who has been to Immersion Weekend before where you learn about the Father's heart and the basics of the gospel and journaling and responding to God and hearing his voice and forgiveness. We've taken Immersion Weekend and put it into a semester for our high schoolers to learn those things and to have small group interaction with understanding the heart of God.
1: And during this semester we had the children watch chosen because not all of our kids are Christians. We're a Christian school, but we don't require kind of any statement of faith, that the family sign. And so we want them to, you know, get some exposure to Jesus in a, in a dynamic way. And so been watching the chosen and Carrie's leading this part of the class. She asks about encounters with Jesus because Mary has an encounter with the Lord and they're like, well, what have you had in your encounter? And we have uh, one student who you know, basically seems to come from a non-Christian home, very quiet very reserved. And uh, he wrote in on his assignment that basically Jesus showed up in his room two weeks ago. (laughs) Can you believe that? Two weeks ago, Jesus shows up in his room and his life is being transformed and he's on a journey.
2: And we've seen other students, you know, like I was this way and now I'm completely different. Like they carry this light and we've seen this, like just this ban that happened in high school, everything that we've worked up to. So and So then we're
1: moving on in the, in the curriculum, we move on to uh, incorporate thrive, the thrive, um, you know, some of the life skills yeah. into the high school students. And then from there, we'll move into life languages and leadership and then really vocation, right? So before you go to college, you, be really helpful to know actually what you want to do. So we take what is your passion, what is the world's need, where those intersect, that's where your vocation is. Then we'll move into entrepreneurship lessons, you know, in junior year. And then finally we'll close out with a a fellowships program where they actually will intern with doctors, with um, lawyers, architects, you know, entrepreneurs. Really get a taste of what they want to do because you don't want to go to dental school and realize that you really hate teeth, right? (laughs)
2: And so, what we've been able to do, if you're familiar with the Seven Mountains, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham, founder of YWAM, Youth with a Youth with a Mission, developed a God-given, world-changing strategy. Their mandate was bring godly change to a nation by reaching its seven spheres or mountains of societal influence. They concluded that in order to truly transform any nation with the gospel, these seven facets of society must be reached in its religion, family, education, government, media, arts, entertainment, and business. And so we were hanging out in the mountain of family. We bubbled over into education and now by the grace of God, we're getting to send, by God's grace, thousands of students into all seven mountains of legacy. And so what we would love to do is just bless you guys with a blessing of legacy um, before we leave today. So if you just want to stand with me and, and uh, in the effort and in the spirit of receiving, open your hands with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ha. <sighs> God, I just feel like there are, and I believe there are people of God in this room where the enemy is saying right now, you don't have what it takes, you aren't leaving a legacy, go home, pack your bags, and leave. And we just say in the name of Jesus, God, that you as our Father say something very differently to us. You say, I see you, I care, and I am here, and you have gifts and calling that bear my image, and I am calling forth your spirit right now and breathing life. Into those gifts and callings. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just flood down from heaven desire right now, and that desire would help people articulate in this room their callings and their gifts. God, I pray for faithfulness to say yes, 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 over and over, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't feel joyful, God. And I bless the people of God with not despising small beginnings, but knowing that you, Lord, rejoice to see the work begin. And I bless the people of God to enlarge the place of their tents and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will possess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I bless you in the name of Jesus with establishing legacy.
1: And Father, you are a God of vision. And you... Do not just do vision for a day, you do vision for generations. And so I bless your people with a 200 year vision. Wow. Download plans, download heavenly blueprints by which you will impact not just the third, not just the fourth generation, but the 10th generation, the 20th generation. Keep moving, Father, in Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: Awesome. 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 You can be
0: seated. That's so good. Thank you. I, want to just, I just want to share a couple of other um, legacies, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to get around everybody, so if I don't mention you, you're in my heart, okay? Well, I just want to say, Glenn and Betsy Joe. your legacy of generosity, of kindness, of you know, just doing the Bible studies, uh, of just kingdom business is glorious. Issa, uh, bringing the kingdom and the fruit of the Spirit in a major energy company, but being a father and a pillar of strength and safety to many in this community. Ned and Christy and Rosie and the Alexander Produce Company. They're delivering fresh fruit, but more than that, contributing generously to the needs of people, particularly in Embrace Durham. And Shannon, kingdom-minded businessman who takes time to hear the voice of the Lord and to just engage with people and just carries a big heart, love for people. I'm thinking about Hannah and B at the uh, HSA in Durham, just loving kids, working to transform uh, lives through education, love and support. I'm thinking about Jim and Nancy who have a ministry called Firefall International, working with pastors and other leaders in Myanmar and other Southeast Asian countries, planting churches, doing microloans, providing disaster relief, reaching teens, preaching to unreached people groups. I'm thinking about Hal, who's doing um, evangelist fellow Across the country and even abroad, in places like Myanmar, I'm thinking about Bruce and Shay and Marcelo and Jackie and Frank and Cheryl, who've spent hours just learning how to hear the voice of God and to encourage people and to and learning tools like art, restoring the foundations and, and helping people get set free to affect multiple generations of families through prayer ministry lo- locally, nationally, and internationally. I'm thinking about Janae you know, as a single mom who's been ministering to other single moms, providing care, support, and celebration. I think about Michael and Joanne looking after their grandkids. I think about, um, you know, giving their lives to the next generation. I think about Joanne teaching Thrive with Molly and and Christy and life skills and helping us to be more emotionally and relationally healthy in this community. I think about Mike and Betsy who have uh, been leading some marriage teams and and, and helping prepare couples for marriage and helping people get through marriage difficulties. I think about Calvin and Kimberly and the Freedom Team and ministering freedom every month to help people become all that God's called them to be. I think about Chuck and Diana, and I think about Jenny, who have year, for years have faithfully poured into the children's ministry, making a difference in their lives. I think about John Abernathy, who's faithfully caring for his beloved wife, Judy, but also taking care of so many of us within the church community. I think about Debbie and Cheryl every week gathering a team of prophetic, of of intercessors just to pray at different teams to pray for the the church, for the nation, for the nations. I think about all of you guys, each one of you in your families, in your workplaces, doing what God's called you to do. And I want to say this, heaven sees you, heaven knows you, and heaven is carrying a, a, a legacy through you. And everything that you do counts. Thank you for giving of yourselves, not only to deposit the riches of Christ in others, but to see the gold in others and to call that out and to mine that. And here's the question, what is your legacy going to be? How are you living beyond yourself to make a difference in this world? Because everything that we do matters. If we do it all unto the Lord, the Bible says, do it all unto the Lord and sow in and do it with life and with Christ, because you're united with Him, and because he's, he's a long-range, multi-generational thinker and planner. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 13, 22 says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. What's your legacy? There's a relational legacy that comes, which is like through your kids, through your grandkids, through your family, through your co-workers. What's your financial legacy, which is, you know, your generational inheritance. Are you going to leave your children or your grandchildren in a better-off state than you were in? What's your spiritual legacy? Is it a passion for Jesus, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, receiving the Father's love, and making disciples who make disciples? What's your legacy? God has a legacy and an inheritance in each one of you, in each one of us, that he wants to see fulfilled. What's God's legacy for us as a church? Well, let me say this. It's not going to be an institution. It's actually His legacy is in the lives that all of us have touched, in the, in the, in the difference that we're all making in people's lives and in our city and in our workplaces. God has a legacy. Are we going to step, are we going to step in? You know, I was just thinking about, you know, Aaron mentioned this last week about Reinhard Bonnke, that great evangelist who who reached, I think, saw 75 million people come to know Jesus. But God says this, he said to him, you know, you're not the first person I chose. I asked two other people and they said no. What's our legacy? Our legacy comes when we say yes to Jesus, when we respond in obedience, when we don't just, you know, let it think it's all going to happen, but we take practical steps to create that legacy, and the Spirit comes upon us. Here's my plea, is my prayer for each one of us, that we don't get to heaven, and God says, you know, you could have been this, but you never said yes. I had this legacy for you, but you never took, it, took hold of it. Let's take hold of it. Let's take hold of it in Jesus' name. So I want to wrap up here because today we're going to take up what we're calling our legacy offering. And our legacy offering is just our end of year gift where we as a people want to sow into the next, into the next year, into the next generation, into our cities and, and actually see God make a difference. You know, one of the ways that we can leave a, gen, that a legacy is generous giving. Now, Kerry mentioned it before, training her children, you know, there's ways of being generous like giving of your time, of your, your relationships, your emotions, your heart, your thoughts, you can be generous in all of those things as well as your finances and I want to just say as a church community, we have been and you have been a very, very generous church family. Over and over again, you have proved to be generous with, in all regards we, you know, in fact, you're so generous that we don't even pass the buckets around. We just trust that you're going to give when God puts it in your heart and you can, you know, deposit it in the different places. It's just, you're so faithful and generous. But as we come into this offering, I just want you to hear this. Please do not feel under any compulsion to give. The Bible says that God loves a, chela- a, a cheerful giver, a chilarious. That word chilarious is my new word for the day. The word cheerful means it could also be translated as hilarious it is that God has put so much joy in your heart uh, by the Spirit that you just can't help but give of yourself in so much excitement and delight. So don't feel under any compulsion to give. (laughs) Chilariously, okay? Give chilariously. (laughs) Not compulsionally, chilariously, I don't know. (laughs) Moving on, moving on. If you don't want to give, don't give, okay? We're actually not interested in your money. So here's the thing as a leg- as a church we want to sow into a legacy in this church and in into the nation and the nations and so we've got four legacy lanes that we want to sow into that this offering is going towards the first one is the local church this church family, that we have people here that there's ministries of the church that we want to support. We want to see God do more through. We want to see more baptisms. We want to see more children going to camp. We want to see more people getting saved. We want to see more uh, people getting connected into the ministry and finding freedom and being all that God's called them to be. How amazing would it be if we could send even more children to camp next year? Scholarship for that. So the first one is the local church. Your offering is a Legacy Lane. We're giving to the local church. The second, and this is really part of who we are already anyway, but that's we're giving into the city specifically through Embrace Ministries. And so we've already given those turkeys on your behalf. You're welcome. <laughs> Beyond that, we're believing God for expansion of the ministry. What we're believing God for is a bigger building space because they've massively outgrown the space that, God, that, that, that we have. What we're believing for is extra space to, to fulfill the new ideas and dreams that God's putting in the, each of their hearts. Dreams like this pursue that we would worship that we would pursue worship and that we would pursue the growth in the, in the food distribution. Things like rescue, where, you know, it's in their heart, in the team's hearts to, to provide housing, especially emergency shelter. And the long-term vision that was there before we even started Embrace was this ministry called Hannah's House, which is a separate house where people who are stuck, uh, who are stuck in trafficking can be rescued and can be brought to safety. So it's, it's about... It's about pursuing, it's about rescuing, but it's also about equipping, that we want to see our local community, particularly those in great need, have job training, have after school creative training for students, to have leadership training so that, they, so that we can see both the practical needs as well as the spiritual needs, but the people being discipled, people being coming into authentic life transformation and, and, and breaking the cycles of poverty, of hopelessness, of addiction, and of abuse. So we're giving into our city, we're giving into the, 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 the needy, we're giving into the work of God through embrace. The third thing we're doing is we're giving into the national, into our, particularly through Catch the Fire USA, which is about the training of leaders and planting churches and releasing people into their destiny and calling, not just for this local place, but for the nation. And then finally, the fourth lane, so the first one is the church, the second one is embrace, the third one is national, the fourth one is this, that we are internationally, we're continuing through Catch the Fire world to care for churches, to plant churches, to train leaders, to reach the lost and the unreached peoples. But not just that, our hope is also that with our with our, our friend Alio in Niger, who is in the process of building a vocational training center in a nation that is 97% Muslim, that where, he's there, where they're where he's starting this ministry to actually see the kingdom of God break out in that nation. And that's our legacy that we want to sow into as well. So Jess, I want to invite you up here. You know, many of you love to give at the year end, and you're such a generous people. But I just want you to know this is, this is it. We're not giving, we're not taking up another legacy, another uh, uh, offering at the end of the year. We're going to leave the legacy fund open for the rest of this year. And everything that comes into this fund will go to those four legacy lanes, church, embrace in in our city, um, national and international. And I want to remind you, please don't be under any compulsion to give, but give, if you're going to give, give (laughs) chelariously.
2: Come on. All right. So if you have cash or you want to write out your credit card, you can use an envelope that's in the seat back pocket in front of you. Please make sure you write legacy on this and drop it in the Dropbox. We also have ways that you can give electronically. So if you have your phones, you can take out your camera, hold it in front of the QR code and it'll take you right to the giving page. You can text to give, write the amount and then write the word legacy in the text message and you can text it to that number. And then um, you can give through crypto as well. So make sure when you're on the giving page, it'll say, what amount you want to give, and then the next step after will be um, which fund it's going to come out of. So make sure you click the drop-down menu and click Legacy. All of that will go towards the, the four lanes that Marie was saying um, on the website. So.
1: And don't
0: forget to laugh hilariously as you give, okay?
2: Yes. <laughs> All right, I want to
0: invite you to stand if you would, please. And I, I just felt like as we're coming to, the, to this close of this Legacy series, we're going to make a declaration together. So um, I don't know, team, if we were able to get it back up on the screen, that declaration. Um, if yay, nay Josh yay Josh, Ian, thank you for all the good work that you guys are doing, I forgot about your legacy okay, we're here I'm looking at the wrong screen alright, let's say this together one, two, three I I declare declare the the promises promises and truths truths that you have spoken to me I am Christ Jesus Jesus. I am an heir heir of Abraham's Abraham's blessing. blessing I am blessed to be a blessing and my children and children's children are blessed. I declare my neighbors, coworkers, family, and friends are blessed. I declare my
2: nation and nations are
1: blessed. God has an inheritance in me. He has placed me in union with Christ and has created me for good works which He has prepared in advance for me to do. God God has a purpose
0: for my life that goes beyond just myself. I believe I have a legacy to leave that will impact future generations. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will steward well what the Lord has given me and what's to come. I will lead the way with joyful generosity in every dimension, because I believe it is more blessed to
1: give than to receive. Hallelujah. Woohoo. Come on. Yes, Lord.